here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give him a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Hello and welcome everybody. It is Shake Them Ropes episode 87. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins, as usual, along with us for Shake Them Ropes. Weekly podcast talking WWE NXT, reviewing the top 100 matches on WWE Network. We're in the 70s now, Jeff Hawkins. We're in the 70s. feels like we've been doing this for eight months because that's probably how long we've been doing it. And we Rob, are Rob, it's almost, like I ta- Rob it's almost like I talked to you yesterday. It was almost yesterday. It was almost yesterday. <laughs> we did a uh, post-elimination uh, chamber show, which people seem to enjoy, so that's a plus. Uh, I always like that when uh, you know people like, listen and like. Yeah, I like when they enjoy it more than when they hate it. So yes, thank yes, you. That's absolutely true. <laughs> um, but we are in the mid-70s now on this uh, Top 100 Reviews. We're going to be doing this for the next two years of our lives. If I'm not fired. If he's not fired, <laughs> someone suggested, I don't know. It might've been actually rich, uh, rich Krejci of voices of wrestling. And someone suggested we throw away the top 100 and just start reviewing a Sid match every week. Cause no. we might be done sooner. Mm, I can't watch that many Sid matches. No. Cause they're all the same power bomb and, and talking and screw ups. We could do Sid promos <laughs> more than Sid matches. Back off this bit. You know Let's, what? You know what? Number one would be if we did a hypothetical top one hundred Sid promos or Sid moments. The number one moment. Start over. What? That would be the number one moment when he when he wanted to start over his promo and they were live. No, that'd be number two. <laughs> oh god. Be number two. Number one. The night that Vince Russo began as an on-screen character. The night Eric Bischoff came back, the reset of WCW Nitro. When Sid was the world heavyweight champion and Eric Bischoff wanted to take the belt away from him, Sid on top of the stage with the Millionaire's Club said, if you want this belt, come here and take it. And Bischoff, not scared at all by his world champion, says, okay. And goes up there and takes the belt. Because why not? That would be my number one Sid moment. Don't make me watch that. No, please. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, that Nitro isn't on the WWE Network right now, so you can't. And boy, I've tried to find that moment before. It's really tough to find on the YouTubes and the internet web. You know, the internet out there, you have to find the entire show, the reset episode. It's hard hard to find. Real quick before we dive in deep into WWE land, uh, go back and watch our uh, review of 
Fantastics versus the Midnight Express because Tommy Rogers passed away a couple days ago. Tommy Rogers. I've been, I've been, I've been seeking out Fantastics matches that are not on the network on the internet for the past couple days, and uh, they're all pretty darn good. Yeah, Tommy Rogers of the Fantastics uh, passed away on early Monday. Uh, it was early Monday. He was 54 years old. We did uh, just recently. It was only a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, we did the Fantastics versus the Midnight Express. I tweeted out a link earlier today. You can follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes, interact with us, uh, and you can go watch our review of that match. Uh, the match is on the WWE Network, so if you're a subscriber, you can go watch a few of the Fantastics matches uh, that are up there. Um, I wanted, before we start, we're going to talk about some WWE Raw, some of the big things that happened on Raw this week after the Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk a little bit about the matches that are already signed for Money in the Bank, because Money in the Bank is only 10 days away Mm -hmm. from when we're recording this. Uh, We're also recording this uh, a little bit earlier than we usually do on Tuesday. Uh, Sometimes we record while SmackDown is being taped, so we can kind of see some of the things and some of the directions that are going on. Uh, Tonight on SmackDown, Kevin Owens has an NXT Championship Open Challenge match. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about who might possibly accept that. We're going to talk a little bit about where does Kevin Owens go here now that he's on the main roster of WWE. And of course, continuing on our top 100 matches, we have Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 19, uh, match number 76 on our countdown, match number 76. Uh, we're going to talk about that match from WrestleMania 19. Chris Jericho's, or excuse me, Shawn Michaels' first match back uh, at a WrestleMania in like five years, five or six years. So we're going to talk about all that. But first, what do we have, Jeff? What do you want to talk about first on the Shake Them Ropes? I'll let you pick the first thing. Let's go into Raw. And go into Big Raw? Thing. Yeah. All right, let's go into Raw then. I didn't know if there was some magical type of uh, thing that you wanted to break out and discuss here, if there was something big going on. Not really. There's nothing really big happened, I mean, in the past two days. To be honest with you, I mean, we can. T- if you want to go into the Heyman Austin podcast, we can do that. But yeah, I do that a little bit. Um, in fact, before we go into Raw, we had one. Uh, we had someone on Twitter ask us a question. Okay, and you know, I'm just going to ask this now and not even wait till the end of Raw. I am Meta Ian on Twitter asks, "Am I too late to ask a question for the show?" No, you are not. No, never too late. Ask us at Shake Them Ropes. Do you think Dean Ambrose calls everybody baby? Or just Roman Reigns? Is he backstage just calling everyone baby? Is he saying that to Roman on screen? Is he cuddling up with Renee and just saying baby, baby, baby? I think probably because it got over big with when Brock did it. Someone thought it'd be a cool idea to have Ambrose do it, and it amused someone, so he just kept doing it. I don't think that's organic at all, the Probably. number of times he did it, but... I don't know if he would be the type of guy who would just in regular conversation just call everyone and finish every sentence with baby. Yeah, it sounds almost forced. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh, This Raw, Dean Ambrose was uh, nowhere to be seen on this Raw until the very end because the storyline theme for this entire episode was from start to finish, you know, Seth Rollins not having his championship, being at first a little crybaby about it, but then showing, standing on his own two feet a little bit. I mean, the opening promo of the show had the authority out there with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins demanding his belt back, his property. He had Stephanie McMahon, he had Triple H out there along with Kane and the security force. Uh, they're begging Dean Ambrose to come out and give the belt back. Dean Ambrose is nowhere uh, to be found. Roman Reigns comes Dean, out instead. Dean, Dean, you come back here and give the belt back. 
I'm a rat. <laughs> That's my Stephanie impression. Shake Them Ropes Theater makes an unplanned <laughs> appearance. <laughs> that was a good McMahon Stephanie at, impression. Stephanie McMahon at the drive-thru. Give me my Big Mac now. Don't overcook my fries. <laughs> Where Paul Heyman is the advocate for Brock Lesnar, Roman I'll Reigns. I'll get you my pretty and your little dog Toto wow. too. Wow, you and you may have gone a little too far in that one. You may have tried too hard. <laughs> it was a rule of threes. Just keep going. It probably should have ended a little bit before. I'm just giving you, you know, a little enough rope, there. Uh, uh, enough rope to hang myself. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Roman Reigns is the advocate for Dean Ambrose this month. Yes. Roman Reigns comes out to speak for Dean in, in the most anticlimactic way possible. Here in the opening <laughs> segment, he just says, you know what? Dean wants a ladder match. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations on calling that one, by the way. Well, I mean, uh, whenever you have like a stolen belt or a belt that has no clear champ, because Seth Rollins is the champion, but he doesn't have the belt. When you have something like this, ladder match screams out, and I figure they're going into a ladder match pay-per-view, so it made sense, I guess, you know, so you have a ladder match. Two things on this. Number one, this is much like building up the heel Seth Rollins by doing a Kane storyline. You're building up Dean Ambrose by building up the... Roman Reigns story, which seems fairly ridiculous. I mean, it was it was a nice pivot over to him, but then to bring Dean back, I mean, if you're going to say at the top of the show he's not here, don't make him be there, I don't think. Well, Roman Reigns is the one who said he wasn't here. Yeah, that's true. But Roman still, Reigns, he was in cahoots I, with Dean Ambrose. And I love the justification for the match. We want to make sure there's a winner, so we're going to do a ladder match. Given the fact that in every other match there is, that it's usually four or five on one, and you could just have four guys hold Ambrose while the other guy climbs the ladder. The last time Dean Ambrose was in a ladder match at Money in the Bank, he was he screwed, screwed by Kane. Well, think about that for a moment, too, because that was a year ago, and Kane was screwing Dean Ambrose in a ladder match, and here we are heading in the main event of this Money in the Bank pay-per-view is whether or not Kane's going to screw Dean Ambrose in a ladder match. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. We haven't progressed in a year. <laughs> but yeah. I, I liked, I did love Seth Rollins in this promo segment because he's there facing off the Roman Reigns. Yes. And then he loses his shit. And yeah. you have Triple H trying to, you know, kind of bring him back, like calm down a little bit. So Seth Rollins, in the midst of this heated promo, telling Roman Reigns that he's going to challenge Dean Ambrose and he's going to take his championship back and he's finally standing on his own two feet. Triple H holds him back. So Seth Rollins puts his attention now on Triple H and he's screaming at Triple H that he's going to do all these things. He's going to do it without the seven foot retard. Uh, he didn't call him that, whatever he called it, the seven foot piece of crap. And Kane is going ballistic in the backstage. And right. you have Seth Rollins being his own man saying he doesn't need the authority storms out of there. And you know what? I think this could be really cool if Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are going one-on-one. -on -one. If you don't have any authority business, yeah. even if Seth Rollins wins clean, which I'm fine with, like this could be a really good match. And this will do a lot for Seth Rollins, in my view, if there's no authority uh, mixing up in this match like at all. That's a giant if. It's a big if because it always seems to happen. And like, it, it, always, wanna... seems, it, always, it always seems these blow-offs blow are swerves. Yeah, it does. But this one, I mean, I think the crowd actually bought this. They never bought any of the Randy Orton stuff, okay? They never bought that back and forth. Yeah. 
But this one screamed to me like it was, it was pretty cool. You had Seth Rollins, you know, finally being his own man and going out there. And because this time it wasn't Triple H kind of backing away from Seth Rollins. It wasn't the authority doing this. Oh, you better be on, you know, you're going to be on your own. We, we're not going to back you. This was Seth Rollins storming away from the authority for the first time. I would just think Ambrose would be smarter here. And if you want to keep the outside interference to a minimum, you put the ladder inside a cage and then you <laughs> you're mixing a little too much there. Jeff. Hey, it, hey, it worked for the UWF. Why not here? Mixing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess your, your tuxedo coal miner on a <laughs> coal miners glove on a pole match or whatever it was. Sure. Do that. But, I think yeah, it's, no, if, if, if it's a one-on-one match and it does the job of building mm-hmm. Seth, who is, unfortunately, I think, just being built for Triple H, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'd like to see him get a good quality win, and still, Dean's still a good quality win. Dean's a good quality win, mm-hmm. but I think if you have, again, we have two weeks of build-up. That was the first yeah. of two Raws to build up this match, this ladder match. If you have Seth Rollins standing on his own, I think that helps him a little bit. Um, you know, still selling for that eventual Kane Seth Rollins match. Like, I wonder when that's going to happen. Cause you would figure that would be the precursor. If all the rumors that are screaming out there of triple H and Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, you would think at battleground, it would be Seth Rollins and Kane. Yeah. I mean, Kane is kind of the precursor. It's like Scott Hall before Goldberg could get Hulk Hogan. I mean, you it, have to these, have someone go in there. Yeah. You have your choice here in terms of the next two months. The next two months are either going to be, if you're in a good program that they want till SummerSlam, they're going to keep it. Mm. Or you're in a program that everybody's going, huh? Why is this happening? Like, for example, the tag team champs in their current program, everybody's like, well, why isn't Cesaro and kid in that program right there? It's like, well, that they're probably holding that off for SummerSlam. So they're going to keep the primetime players against the new day for maybe one or two, maybe both of these minor pay-per-views in between. Yeah. Uh, you just have, you can't throw everything at their yeah. So when you finally have a little breathing room, it's the whole thing with NXT when Samoa or uh, Kevin Owens was in his big program with Sami Zayn. He still had to fight off Finn Balor for the title. Finn Balor was mm-hmm. a little precursor program, get like in between there. You can have these little veering left and veering right type of things as long as you don't get completely off course. Yeah, agreed. And they're going to keep, they're going to keep, you know, at least the Kevin Owens, John Cena program, I think through SummerSlam. It seems to me like, uh, I mean, we have three matches now after this Raw signed for Money in the Bank, which is happening June 14th. So, I mean, about 10 days from now, depending on when people listen to this, you're going to have Money in the Bank in Columbus, Ohio. And you have the match we just talked about, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, the ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship. You have the Money in the Bank ladder match with Randy Orton, Neville, and Dolph Ziggler with Sheamus, Kofi Kingston, and Roman Reigns. So of that lineup, it seems likely that, I mean, Roman Reigns is probably going to win that one, right? I mean, Has to be. He's been the Has only one be. built up for the last couple of weeks, because even before Elimination Chamber, they were building up Roman Reigns in this Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it seems like just to get everything full circle from WrestleMania, from the fact yes. that Seth Rollins is in a mini feud with him a little bit right now, I mean, it seems to me like that's got to be the win. Whether or not they have Dean Ambrose beat Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank or not, Roman Reigns could go either way as being the uh, the briefcase challenger. And Reigns is probably not the guy who's going to hold it until next WrestleMania. Like, if no. he wins Money in the Bank, I think we're seeing that either at SummerSlam or before. I would agree. Yeah, but we'll talk about uh, more once we have more matches. Next week, I guess, is going to be our Money in the Bank 
preview show. <laughs> like every show lately has been either a preview or a post show for some event because we've had takeover. We've had the two WWE special events. We have money in the bank coming up next. Like I'll be glad when there's a little break between battleground. Yeah. I'm tired of talking to you. <laughs> yeah. You're tired of talking to me about the same, <laughs> the same matches back and forth and back and forth. Um, but another big match on this one. And it was set up again with a promo last night, John Cena, Kevin Owens, Mm-hmm. Uh, still no title on the line as of yet for this one. Did this promo basically put Kevin Owens into best on promos for the year in the number one slot right now? I, I don't know who else would even be on my list. Cause there's nobody WWE. even close right now. I mean, if we're just talking, yeah, if we're just talking WWE, I mean, I would have to go with right. Kevin Owens, who else has been, who else has been there? promo was so great because it folded in his real life into the sports entertainment universe. Yeah. And, and it, and it kind of, it kind of towed the line there and, and, and it got legit heat, I think from the crowd for the most part, you know, they, they finally woke up when Cena came out Cena gave out a great response. I thought, um, <laughs> yeah, well, cause Cena, I mean, John Cena came out like mad and upset he, and he was yeah. furious at Kevin Owens. Yeah, he needed to get into a groove there. It took him a few seconds because I didn't like the whole, I would have given this belt to you and called you a real, but you're not a real man. I'm like, okay, that's a bit hokey. But then that that not real man just beat you last night. Yeah. You lost so, to a child. You lost to a half man. You lost to an immature brat. Let me ask you something because this has been a uh, divisive thing. The uh, the child with cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, exploitation or a good move on his part? I mean, or both. It's, or both. It could be both. Technically, it kind of is because I mean, he was using it to get crowd reaction behind him. Yeah. I mean, you're using the kid there. Otherwise, you're just not mentioning it at all. Um, but it was a cool moment for the kid. I mean, you could see, like, I don't know, was that his sister or it looked a little young to be his mom? Like, it looked like his sister probably there, that okay. child uh, that they pointed to with the I'm beating cancer sign. Like, they were tearing up. Like, this was a big moment because this child who probably met John Cena before the show was a make a wish, most likely. He just got on TV. You know, his mm-hmm. hero, John Cena, is pointing him out. It's a cool moment. The crowd's cheering for it. Um, I mean, it's a little explo- exploitive just because they put him on TV. But really, I mean, it's kind of a cool moment for the kid, and that's what the kid's going to remember. Like, the kid's going to be like, I was a focal point on Raw that one time, and that was a cool thing. Yeah, I think it's a cool thing. I think <laughs> part of it for me, it, my pro wrestling mentality came into play while I was watching it, and I'm going – Man, if they wanted really nuclear heat and never wanted Kevin Owens to be a face again. No, you can't do it. You, you know you know what I'm thinking, though. I'm not going to say it because it's it's completely cruel, but you, ne- I mean, yeah, it, it's entertainment. And then eventually, you know, all heels in WWE, once they become popular heels, they get turned into faces. And then that's when they, you know, start generating a lot of revenue. But But if they ever wanted to just say Kevin Owens will never be a face in this company, they could have turned him on the kid. <laughs> I think it was but, completely. But, but this may have been this may have been Cena's best promo of the year. I know he's done a lot of really good ones. This may have been his best. I think. Well, he was intense. I mean, he's not coming out there playing the jokes. He's uh, everything in pro wrestling is exploitive. Everything in a lot of forms of entertainment is exploitive. But I, I mean, I thought it was a powerful segment. Whether you well, the, the loss meant something to him though. The loss meant and the, something, and that and this is kind of a first because in the Rusev program, the losses. Eh, 
they didn't really mean all that much to him. This one it did, and you could tell. And and the promos reversed the roles a little bit because leading up to the yeah. first match, Kevin Owens was telling John Cena, "Okay, don't make these promises to all these people because I'm exposed that is a lie." And he did. And now John Cena is the one telling Kevin Owens not to make promises because Kevin Owens out here is making the promise that he is going to beat John Cena again. Yeah, there's a hint of that almost the Chris Jericho character when when he came back in the wearing the suit doing the what he called the Anton Chigurh homage the second Shawn michaels program yeah the second Shawn michaels program where he's calling him kind of a fraud yeah that doesn't live up to his word and whatnot there's a hint of that kind of passive aggressiveness here but i i at that promo i as i tweet our buddy warren i go i hooted during that promo well (laughs) that was such a great great promo it's cool too because you bring up now on the main roster kevin owens and the fact that he has this son and if people want to know more about that they can kind of watch nxt or they can go back through the history of kevin owens which is cool um but he has a son that he's talking about on national tv that is a big john cena fan yeah so now you're looking at this guy and kids are thinking okay this guy is so bad that his own son doesn't even like him like his son likes john cena more well, it's not that the re- I love the reason. I love the reason that well, John Cena was on TV all these years. Yep. I wasn't. Right. That makes me less than you, John, and that's not true. That yeah. is such a great. I'm a bad guy, but I'm legitimate in why I'm angry, and it's not just scenery chewing evilness. It's yeah. I have a chip on my shoulder. It's it, it it's great. So great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the ma- the uh, match, but as we talked about on our Chamber post show is, you know, if you have a clean finish to Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, with little, if none, interference from anybody, and you have a clear Money in the Bank winner, like, I could almost see the authority interference being in that Money in the Bank match, not the world title ladder match, you know, as they focus a little bit of the anti-authority stuff on Roman Reigns, but this is the one, John Cena, Kevin Owens. You already had the clean finish at Elimination Chamber. You could do the dirty finish here and yeah. keep this program going so Kevin Owens doesn't get a loss and John Cena still doesn't get his win back. You can do the dirty, weird finish here. Yeah, or, yeah, he could, you know, the he could bail and be less of a man and just beat him up, or he could do the tap out real quick and then beat him up afterwards. There, there are a number of things you can do here, and now that he's on the main roster... You have to keep him strong. You can't just beat him and he'll be off a of TV for a few months and come back for revenge. He's going to be on there every week now. So you have Kevin Owens, who's the NXT champion, fully fledged on the main roster here in a program with John Cena working mm-hmm. WWE house shows and not really going to be back in NXT for much anytime soon, minus some TVs and maybe a house show here and there. But we have tonight at the SmackDown tapings airing this Thursday, Kevin mm-hmm. Owens defending the NXT title in an NXT championship open challenge. And the question I have for you, Jeff, is do we see a WWE competitor challenge for this championship? Do we see someone from the NXT roster uh, debut or appear on SmackDown to challenge for this? Or do they get the title off of Kevin Owens tonight with Samoa Joe? I don't think they get the title off of him with Samoa Joe, even though he signed the contract. I just I can't see them debuting. <laughs> debuting Owens in such a strong way and then debuting Samoa Joe and having him beat him. That's, that's just, that's just not good. I am going to say that because of the crossover as well, Zack Ryder comes out and gets destroyed by Kevin Owens. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that way too. I'm thinking a WWE guy like Heath Slater or Zack Ryder, or maybe even a Tyson kid. uh, Slater would be great here too. Slater Slater has tried so hard. 
Slater has tried so hard to be in the U.S. Championship challenges and always <laughs> fails. So now that he finally gets his chance, and it's the NXT title, but he still fails. He gets I could go down up. to NXT, baby. Right. I, I like if I had to put money on it, I think it would be a Zack Ryder or a Heath Slater, like one of those two, or someone like that. I can even see a Tyson Kid. You know, he's not oh. in the tag picture at the moment, full fledged. So, and he has some NXT ties. You can put Tyson Kid in that role. Well, it also gives it gives uh, Zack Ryder the continuity because he's appeared on NXT television the past couple weeks. Yeah, and he's going to be on NXT TV coming up here too. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, one of the things I don't think it would be Samoa Joe, because you're right, it would be very weird for Samoa Joe, especially if he won clean against Kevin Owens. Like, okay, now he's back to NXT, and here we are, Kevin Owens, who just lost to the Sky, challenging yeah. John Cena, who he just beat. Um, yeah. It's also out of context to WWE, or excuse me, NXT TV, because Samoa right. Joe and Kevin Owens already taped stuff for what they're going to do on the show, so it wouldn't seem to uh, make too much sense uh, for that. I, I, I mean, I see him going into Money in the Bank, still the NXT champion, um june 18th is the next nxt tv i can see kevin owens lose it there not even wait until the next takeover special like just lose it at tv maybe get the match with finn balor and maybe you have finn balor and samoa joe in a program leading up to uh takeover yeah the only guy you could have him lose that nxt belt to on this smackdown taping is unavailable due to injury and that'd be Sami Zayn. because right. then you could tie then you could tie in the cena story along with it and you could do everything you can tie in cena and that's another option that you would have if they want to get the belt off of him tonight um, and bring a little prestige, if you will, to NXT or a little notoriety to NXT for the network is have John Cena be the reason why Kevin Owens loses tonight. Yeah, but he's not going to. SmackDown I mean, he's, is not in, he's not going to lose the belt. So SmackDown is in Houston, Texas, and John Cena is not advertised for the show. Uh, so John Cena probably not going to be there at all. Not going to be there. So that would be a little tough. But who will be there? Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt comes back. After a couple of weeks, this guy who beat the Ryback, by the way, the new Intercontinental Champion, uh, mm -hmm. was in the main event of Raw against Roman Reigns. Um, Bray Wyatt's this weird character that, I mean, he's not going to get steady wins. He's not going to get steady losses, it seems like. But I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. He seems a little bit more important than what he's portrayed to be, or maybe he's portrayed more important than what he actually he's, is. He's portrayed more important than what he is. Because he gets the special entrance, he gets the special yeah. bu bug on screen, he gets, you know, he's treated as special when he opens his mouth, when he does his promos, right up until the moment that the bell rings, mm -hmm. and then he's no longer special. It's very odd. He's no longer special. A, a long match with Roman Reigns last night. Yeah. The main event of Raw. But like, this guy has no program because they're obviously not going with the program with Ryback because it seemed to make the most sense. Like Bray Wyatt beats the Ryback and then Ryback wins the title. So now you should have a Bray Wyatt-Ryback feud. But no, we're going to get Ryback and Big Show for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I can't explain it either. <laughs> I mean, just a, just a way for Ryback to look impressive by doing the shell shock to Big Show because Big Show is not going to win the Intercontinental Championship. I can see their thinking in that, well, it helped Roman Reigns so much to get that first big win over Big Show. Let's make Ryback legitimate by giving him the Big Show for the win. It's, I can't explain it. Let's move on. Well, this is unless going you, on. Unless, no, unless you're going to reunite the Wyatt family, which we keep, keep thinking is going to happen. I keep waiting for that. Like, there's no reason why we should, we should expect that except for the fact that they reunited Harper and Rowan. Yeah. Like if they're in the mood for reuniting these people, like they have 
precedent. They just reunited these two, so why not just put Wyatt with them again? There's no trio for them to feud with, really, except for the New Day. So if you're going to put them, I mean, why not? Trio versus trio, and eventually you have a world title, uh, world tag title match between those mm-hmm. guys. But Harper and Rowan have been missing in action. They've been on Superstars and Main Event, but because Main Event doesn't appear on the network and Superstars really is a lost show, no one knows. I, you know, Jack Swagger hasn't appeared on <laughs> WWE TV since WrestleMania, but he's been on Main Event and Superstars. A lot of people would probably think this guy's been out of action for two months. No. He's been on TV, just no one watches those two shows. You have to put them in Raw and SmackDown every once in a while, or people will forget about them. And I don't know why, after the reuniting of Harper and Rowan, they're not doing a single thing with them. They're just lost. Oh, we'll put the two back together and do what? Oh, well, we don't have that part yet. Oh, we'll leave them on here until we have something. And then they never seem to be invested enough to have something. I mean... We haven't even seen Randy Orton yet, and he's in this Money in the Bank match in two weeks. Well, he was on Raw last night. Was he? He was. He's got, my guy, I forgot. He wrestled Sheamus. I think you oh, probably yeah, forgot right. because he was wrestling Sheamus. Because he was wrestling Sheamus. I tend to uh, tune out of Sheamus Raw matches, especially when they go 20 minutes. At least he wasn't wrestling Ziggler. Oh, this is so humiliating. I can't remember that. You know who I haven't seen in a while on TV is Seth Rollins. Where's he been? <laughs> Jeff. All right. All right. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I tune out during Seamus matches. That's what it is. You're exactly right. I do the same thing because they even, don't matter. Not even my favorite wrestler of all time. Randy Orton can get me to care about a Seamus match. A follow up from Sunday and then into raw. Let, let's, let's talk about this WWE divas division. Shall we? Um, we will, but on that oh, note, have you, you seen you, the dust up between Shelton Benjamin and Seamus on Twitter? No, is Seamus running his mouth again? Seamus ran his mouth. And oh, by the way, there, that's another move. Yeah, let's remember how hurt Seamus got after what is it, two money in the banks ago mm-hmm. when he got dropped on the ladder and he was out for six to eight months? Let's put him back in a money in the bank match. Money in the bank, yes. <sighs> it's like when Sin Cara, he tore his knee up in a money in the bank. Why, what do we do? Put him back same, in the ladder matches. Same match. Christian. Yeah. Christian has, comes back from his head uh, issues for two years. His first match is a Money in the Bank ladder match. Seems like these guys always come back from Money in the Bank. Like, how about you just, uh, you know, rehab for an extra month, guys? Daniel Bryan should have rehabbed for an extra month. Get away from the Royal Rumble. Sometimes mm-hmm. you take that extra month. Don't be in too hurry, uh, too much of a hurry to come back. Uh, but Sheamus gave an interview, like, at the start of May and talked about mm-hmm. how Shelton Benjamin would repeatedly call him a rookie for like the first couple of years he was in WWE or something like that. And Shelton Benjamin just showed no respect, called him a rookie, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Shelton Benjamin on Twitter says, I'm sorry, bro. I didn't remember doing that because Shelton Benjamin doesn't care about Sheamus. No one back then cared much about Sheamus. Sheamus was a pet project of triple H. So I'm sure there was some, a little bit of resentment there. Um, but I'm, Sheamus is I'm not, sh- Sheamus is I'm kind sh- of a hotheaded yeah. guy. Uh, he's not the most likable by some, uh, I mean, people have told me this, like people who work for WWE have told me this, like he's a little bit of a hassle. He's um, gotten into fights with guys like Yoshi Tatsu and, uh, fights, and the original Sin Cara, didn't he? Backstage? Didn't he? Or, or no, it was uh, Camacho. I think Camacho took him down in a fight yeah. or something to that effect. I mean, you know, this has happened. I, I don't think Shelton meant anything by it. And if he did, it was just kind of like one of those things where he's kind of trying to protect himself because he wasn't really high on the roster at that point either. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like keeping him in his place so he doesn't get above me and, you know, all that paranoid office politics stuff. 
But you know what? I mean, what did Seamus have to say then? Anything? Uh, Seamus hasn't responded to that yet, but like, you know, I'm sure it was probably, if Seamus was saying it, it's probably a little hyperbolic. Like, yeah. You know, um, Shelton Benjamin has no reason to lie right now. It's not like he's trying to get back into WWE. It's not like he really cares about what Seamus thinks. He's working Noah, New Japan, all this stuff. So I, I mean, it's probably somewhere in between. Yeah. And it was a while ago too. So uh, who knows? But little little tiny dust up nothing much to it but let's talk about this divas division yeah After all it, that work yeah naomi completely naomi, out of the picture just the worst timing of, the of all picture complete worst bottom. timing of all time well not only that here's a couple other things your best wrestler in your divas division is currently eye candy for your third highest ranked tag team in that division not even working a divas matches of any kind just coming out as eye candy and what, then you have. When do you think then, Natalia's last TV match was? I'm gonna look it up. You go ahead with your point. I'm gonna look up when Natalia's last TV match was, and I bet she's wrestled on Superstars a couple of times. But again, barely counts because who right. watches that? So I'll I'll look that up. But go ahead with your uh, thoughts. And then t- last night you have both Nikki and Paige pre-match cut face promos, and then they both work the match heel. Mm-hmm. They both worked as heels. And yeah. then you get the 800th turn of the Bellas again. Who's, who's turned more in the past 18 months? I posed this question on Twitter. Who's, posed, who's turned more in the past 18 months, Big Show or the Bellas? Well, it's been, uh, I mean, I would have to say Big Show. But part okay. of it is just for this, the fact that the Bellas never really turned. Yes, they did. I mean, they really didn't. They, when they got the fitness cover... They turned, even though they didn't. They didn't do anything. Fish. They were just coming out and they were soaking up the cheers. It was. A, it was no. It was how the commentary treated them. Yeah. The commentary treated them as faces, and so, and now now it's another heel turn, and it's. I ridiculous. always consider him heel. It's the same reason because you were talking about how Paige was the heel going into this triple threat match, and I didn't think so just because she's still fighting against the Bellas, and the Bellas to me weren't baby faces. Okay. Well, I mean, everybody else thought they were faces except you. I mean, I didn't see it that way. I saw, I mean, I get how they were portrayed and how they were portrayed more as the good ones and how they were telling the fans basically to cheer them. But like, I mean, to and me, they th- never really did anything to deserve that. Uh, well, I mean, you heard, you heard the applause that they got or the pop that they got tonight or last night, Nikki at least. And yeah. then and they, they start the match and immediately Nikki's working heel in the match. Well, I'm just what, like, okay. It doesn't surprise me that they're getting cheers and reactions because... Nikki Bella is quite great. Jump on the Nikki Bella bandwagon, people. She's amazing. She is amazing. So we're talking about Natalia in her last TV match. Yeah. Um, she worked a tag match on main event on May 12th. <laughs> uh, Naomi and Tamina against Alicia Fox and Natalia. So Natalia was effectively on the throwaway team. The team yeah. of girls they just put together to lose. Uh, she lost that match on main event. Um, she did a dark match on the May 5th SmackDown, uh, beating Charlotte. So that didn't even make TV. Uh, her last main roster TV match on a SmackDown or Raw was April 21st, losing to Naomi. And before that, it was a three-way against Cameron and Alicia Fox, where Cameron won. That could not have possibly been on SmackDown. Yeah, this is why I say let's not be in such a hurry to... I mean, I want them to be paid, but let, to bring up the NXT four right now, all they'd be doing is ogling the guys from Entourage. They'd be losing to Cameron much. in three ways on main event. 
Yeah. I'm trying to find her last singles match on a Raw, and I can't find one. Oh, yeah. it, March 9th. March 9th, he lo- she lost to uh, Naomi. Her last singles match in a Raw. She has a couple of tags and a couple of multi-women matches, but not much. But yeah, I mean, she's been relegated to being the third for Cesaro and Kid, which isn't all that bad because Cesaro and Kid have been all over Raw the last couple of months. So she's on TV. But she's, she's not third, doing anything. But she's the manager. I mean, she's not a wrestler at this point. She's the manager. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm agreeing with you. No, no, but she's not even involved in the matches as a manager. For yeah, the she's just kind of cheering on Tyson. Yeah, she's, she's letting, like, midget bulls and stuff <laughs> and Xavier Woods run wild all over the matches and doing nothing. Right. But, hey, in good news, at least she's not fighting with Tyson anymore. At and least that bad, whole thing and, is over. And in bad news, they're making her wear more clothes. So. <laughs> yeah. Admit it. Admit it. She was, uh, she was showing a bit of skin there for a while. And then she all was. of a sudden it, it, it was now it's like, well, she okay. was going into a weird place because she had always yes. looked the same forever. And then, you know, kind of correlating to the push that Cesaro and kid was getting, she changed up her look quite a bit. I mean, she, she did was the always, stuff with her hair. She was, she was always more athletic than yeah. sex kitten. Right. And now you're like, wow, okay, where'd that come from? And then all of a sudden now it's like, well, we need to put a halt to this. It's a little bit too far over yeah. that line. That's My true. only other note about Raw, um, Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil. Um, how, how do I put this? Uh, new Burgeoning superstar? Well, I've or, been... ju- or just sloppy guy throwing people, throwing lightweight guys all no. over the place. When he would do... I mean, earlier this year, you know, throughout the year last year, he was having really good matches with guys like Jack Swagger on main event and superstars. I mean, he was throwing his power around. He was being this big, tough guy who wasn't taking any shit from anybody. Like he there's a character within Titus O'Neil, which is crazy because this badass character also lives in a guy who's the WWE dad of the year. Like exactly. you look at him on Twitter and he's this super nice guy, this super guy who's, you know, going all the, you know, going to schools, going to different events as a spokesman for WWE, a guy that if he keeps this up, could be a spokesman for WWE for years and years and years to come as an ambassador and a great one at that. Uh, but you put him in the ring and he can be this badass guy. And, you know, the match, they with, ha- yeah. oh, the match with Raw was really good, but he's had mm-hmm. these singles matches. I think what soured a lot of people is he had the run on NXT last year where he had matches with guys like Tyson Kidd, Sami Zayn, and they weren't that great because more people were paying attention to NXT at the time than they were main event or SmackDown. So they look at those matches that Titus O'Neil had and consider, okay, this guy in singles matches with really good wrestlers isn't any good. And they weren't looking at the matches he was having with Jack Swagger, and they kind of just lessened the value of Titus O'Neil in their minds when they shouldn't have done that because it was too small of a sample. He and Darren work really well together. Darren Young hasn't been too bad either in in this run. But if they had any idea how to do this, and they'd never do these characters terribly well, they could book him like an actual football player where it's like, I'm a nice guy off the field, but once I'm on the field, I'm an animal. I'm a monster. I'm uncontrollable. And that would be a great gimmick for him because it's exactly what you're saying. He's the perfect guy, but they can never separate those two things. It's far too subtle for them for some reason. Yeah. I I mean, I I wish all the best for... Oh, I do too. I like him uh, a Titus lot. I, I like Titus O'Neil a lot. If you follow him, it's kind of like the John Cena thing. You know, John Cena seems like this most likable guy, but uh, in the ring, you can have different crowd reactions. Titus O'Neil, uh, he's been way undervalued for what he can do mm-hmm. uh, by WWE and fans alike. 
Um, Ring of Dragon on Twitter says that he guesses that Neville will be the challenger tonight. For that Kevin wouldn't be Owens. a bad. That wouldn't be a bad guess. Current roster guy, former NXT. They played up how he was a former NXT champion at Elimination Chamber. He's a guy that can lose. And, yeah, and you don't have to debut someone new. That could be. Uh, that could be a likely guess, actually. Now, of course, we're recording this before SmackDown, so uh, not afterwards. We're we're making our somewhat educated, somewhat not educated guesses, if you will. Um, yeah, that tag division, though. There have been people calling this the best tag division that WWE's had since the early 2000s with the Hardys and the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian. And, you know, even further, you had the Guerreros, you had the world's greatest tag team. Uh, just a lot of talent uh, in the division. I don't think it's, I mean, it's obviously not pushed as much as those early tag divisions, but as far as depth, um, on the surface, on the face, it seems ridiculous to me to compare this current tag division to those early 2000s divisions as yeah, far as you star have, power. You have two very entertaining teams in the primetime players in the New Day. You have a really good tag team in Kid and Cesaro, and you have guys who can do stunts. That's about it. I mean, I, I really like the team of Big E and Kofi. Yeah. For what they do. It, it's yes. pretty It's pretty great. But the Ascension, I mean, I think what people are being fooled by is the fact that, okay, now you were able to field, uh, feed six teams into Elimination Chamber. You could field those six teams. You have Luke Harper and Eric Rowan around the bend. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of tag teams now in name. But as far as quality matching up with the height of the Dudleys and Edge and Christian and all that quality matches. No, not yet. Let's I don't think not even quality matches quality of depth. Uh, I, I don't think it matches up to that, but yeah, by the way, I think, I think at this pay-per-view we're getting kid and Cesaro versus the Ascension to give them a win kid and, and Cesaro keep them versus the Ascension. Yeah. And to keep them strong going into SummerSlam program with the new day eventually. Yeah. What's up? What's up? Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm getting error messages on my Mac, which is good news for me. I love when I get error messages on my Mac. It's yeah. so good. Right in the middle of a show and it takes me away from whatever you're, I'm thinking about. Oh. You're, you're usually silencing me or telling me to shut up and then all of a sudden there's dead air there and no I silence. don't know what to do. No silence. No <laughs> shut up. None of that today. None of that going on. Um, Let's talk Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 19, shall we? Let us. Chris Jericho was two and two going into this WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels making his first appearance in WrestleMania 14, where he lost the WWF championship. Um, before we even go into the match, I watched this one. I watched the little bits and pieces here and there of some other stuff going on in WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania 19. After Jericho and Shawn Michaels was Tony Schimmel announcing the WWE's favorite band in the whole world, and can you believe this? Looking back, it seems silly now with the whole PG era. Limp Biscuit was there to sing oh, yeah. the WrestleMania theme song uh-huh. of a public traded company, Crack Addict. <laughs> Crack Addict was being sung. And Tony Schimmel oh. seems so happy to announce the fact that they're having a song called Crack Addict. Oh, if this, at WrestleMania 19. It's a microcosm of everything wrong with the WrestleMania 19, the Seattle WrestleMania, for those of you who need a reference point. Crack um, addict. This is an interesting time in Chris Jericho's career because this is where he's basically a mechanic yeah. for, for guys like, I mean, because last WrestleMania, he lost to Triple H. He lost the undisputed title. Mm-hmm. And then he got, now he's in wacky facial hair mode. 
And for the next six years or so, he doesn't even, you know, sniff at the at the main event. He never really had that main event moment that other guys had. And that always seemed odd to me. He goes on like a six year losing streak here before he uh, gets a win over. Uh, who do you? Oh, over uh, Edge mm-hmm. for the uh, world heavyweight title. I mean, he was and, in the main uh, event, but people don't consider it the main event of Mania 18. He was the main event against Triple H in the for the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, for that one, for yeah, but that's well, he didn't have the winning moment in the main event, right? Is what I'm saying. He wasn't the guy. He was he the guy. when he, even when he was the undisputed champion, Stephanie was getting most of the heat because she was paired with him. So mm-hmm. it was a Steph versus Triple H feud. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we've never seen that before. Never seen that before. This is a return of HBK yep. after uh, after injuring his back a few years earlier. Uh smaller than we remember him oh god yeah he was super tiny yeah and uh, he, would, he would basically stay that way you know for the for the rest of his career he was he would stay super tiny yeah you can tell that this, this wrestlemania is a is a time capsule of the time it was in because i was watching the pre thing about it or just leading up to the match and let's see the miller the miller like cat fight girls uh concertos Violence against Stacy Keebler, which you can't have anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, unnecessary blading. Oh yeah, it, it's it was a wonderful, wonderful time. We had Charles Robinson as the referee for this one. I didn't recognize him until because, they told me it was Charles Robinson because he had uh, his hair was cut short. It was a look that you really had never seen uh, for a long time with him as referee. He didn't have the flowing. You know, gold mane, a la that yeah. earned him the little Nate symbol. He was I more, mean, more brunette than he was. He else. was different. He was. Yeah. He was. You know, he was Chuck Robinson. And then there. HB, and then on this one, HBK has like a ten minute entrance, well, complete all, with the Johnny B. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> all those references or all those entrances were so long because he had Safeco Field. I mean, it was a long field, long entrance, and of course it was turned, so you don't have even the the long straight shot. Uh, you would walk a while and then turn, so you'd have to walk even further. Uh, the ramp wouldn't have been as big if they just had a straight shot, but they couldn't do that with the uh, configurations of the ring. Uh, we, you mentioned Shawn Michaels is looking smaller in this one. Uh, a long match, 22 minutes, but it it could have been paced longer. Like They were pacing themselves yeah. for what could have easily been like a 40-minute match. Because even, right. even at the end of this one, it was worked... Uh, somewhat slowly. I mean, it was a pretty slow going. Chris Jericho was working holds and they worked a 10 count uh, count out spot during the middle of the match there with the uh, lion tamer. I just love that Lawler called that out too yeah. at the beginning of the match. It's like, why are they working head headlocks and for, for a feud like this right. to start out with? And JR just scolds him. It's like, it's a wrestling match. You kind of want to start out with wrestling, don't you? Start out with wrestling. And I can see, you know, Jerry's point is there. Like, they were feuding and whatnot. But the yeah. feud was based over who was the better showman and who was the better in-ring wrestler. Because Chris Jericho was calling out Shawn Michaels for, like, I'm the new Shawn Michaels. I'm going to be the new Mr. WrestleMania and all this. So Chris Jericho wanted to show that he was the new WrestleMania. He was the new Mr. WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. that's why you do it. That's why you have the wrestling holds. But, I mean, it was a slower-worked match. Um, really, the pace never picked up to the extreme that you would get on, like, a main event nowadays on a show uh, well, with cruiserweights, effectively, where you would get the quicker guys. It never I worked need, to, up to that pace. Yeah, uh, I need to backtrack. Thing. I need to backtrack real quick because it's part of the story of this match. It, it dates back even to the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. where the whole story of this match is HBK is Chris Jericho's hero. Right. And Jericho wants to prove that he's HBK's equal. 
So at the Royal Rumble, um, by choice, Shawn Michaels had number one, and in a triple threat match with Batista and I forget who the other, maybe Rey Mysterio, he won a triple threat being able to pick his own number, and he picked number two. So he could go in there against Shawn Michaels and fight, and he lasted quite a long time in that Royal Rumble. And so every subsequent thing after that was, I want to match him, I want to match him, I want to match him move for move and be able to do that. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of move stealing. There was a lot of mirroring the same moves that each other would do. Uh, You know, I I liked it. I'm not the biggest fan in the world of Chris WWE Chris Jericho, sports entertainment Chris Jericho. I like him. It's good enough, but it's always more of a dance than the fight, and that's kind of what Jerry Lawler's point was. It's it's building up to certain moments for Chris Jericho in all these matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I loved uh, loved the the numerous Chris Jericho kip-up spots. That was great. Yeah, you had at one point Chris Jericho was doing the kip up and celebrating the fact, and then Shawn Michaels did his and took right it to behind him, him. right behind yeah. him, took it to him, and then did another kip up. And Jim Ross is calling, and another one, and another one. He's just kipping up like crazy, you know, yeah, doing all these things, doing the old Shawn Michaels because that, I mean, more so than almost any other spot except for the super kick, you wanted to see Shawn Michaels do his nip up. Yeah, and Jer- Jericho steals the super kick, and Jer- and uh, HBK at one point steals the walls. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as a well-worked match, I mean, this is certainly one, um, you know, just to throw the star rating out there from Dave Meltzer, it was four and a quarter. But I mean, as far as a match goes, they had 22 minutes and then you get to the eclipse of the match. You get to the ending of this one after oh, this. This is what I love the most. Yeah. After, I, after the match. Go ahead. If you were to think like, I think most people going in thought Shawn Michaels was going to win. Like that was pretty clear that Shawn Michaels was going to be the winner, but in your mind, you would assume the finish is going to be super kick pin one, two, three, maybe after his third or fourth attempt at the super kick, maybe even after hitting one and missing earlier and this one finally getting the win. But it wasn't that. I mean, Shawn Michaels couldn't do his regular thing because Chris Jericho was almost his equal. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho went for a back body drop. Yeah. Shawn Michaels dropped out of it. And with the O'Connor roll, rolls up Chris Jericho for the one, two, three in a surprise. Yeah. And the other thing I liked, uh, I liked that Jericho on a nine count of, of a count out went into the ring and stopped Robinson from counting out Michaels because he wanted to beat him in the ring. He wanted to I beat him that was a, Exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, the whole story was Chris Jericho wanted to win clean at WrestleMania because just getting the W wasn't the factor for Chris Jericho. Getting the W wasn't the goal. He wanted to out-wrestle and shine in a pinfall scenario or a submission scenario with Shawn Michaels, a, a W through means that would put an asterisk on it would not have been good enough for Chris Jericho. Yeah. At the end of this match, I loved though, after, and after the match, Jericho just distraught, yeah. just crestfallen over not being able to beat this guy. And you know, the crowd's cheering and they're hoping for the handshake and he gives him a hug and he kicks him right in the fellas. Yep. That's how I want. That's how I want the Owens Cena match to win. Yeah, yeah. You're you're a man. Give the handshake, and Owens just kicks him right in the nuts. Because Chris Jericho didn't get to prove that he was Shawn Michaels' equal, so he didn't care anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you in the nuts anyway. I'm done with you. And the crowd. Oh, the crowd finally. Because this crowd crowd's quiet because it's an open air stadium. Yeah. So it's hard to get crowd noise, but you could hear the crowd noise after that one. That was really good heat. I thought. At SportsCenter on Twitter. This is ESPN SportsCenter's official Twitter handle. Are they tweeting you? No. They're okay. just tweeting. 
official Twitter handle. Former WWE champion Stone Cold Steve Austin says he will take out Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I hope the story continues to say that Stone Cold is going to hide in an alley and just take out the knees of Brock with a tire iron at some point. I mean, this match is going to happen in Dallas, is it not? Steve Austin, Brock Lesnar? I hope not, but it is. I mean, I I still think the the logical match here is to have the Roman Brock rematch at WrestleMania and have Brock win or not Brock have Roman win the title. It it seems like this is the year where you should probably do storyline stuff like that and focus on the Uh, guys who are going to be your future, but it is Dallas, Texas. It's AT&T stadium. They got to fill a hundred thousand people in that place. So if you're going to bring back the rock, if you're going to bring back Steve Austin, you got to bring them back in the most marquee matchups possible. And Steve Austin, Brock Lesnar is probably the most marquee matchup possible if you're going to do The Rock and Triple H or The Rock and somebody else. Uh, because Roman Reigns isn't going to fill up 1,000 people or no. 100,000 people. Dean Ambrose certainly isn't. John Cena's not even going to do that. No, but they're not. that's not going to be the main event of the card, I don't think. If that's going to be Austin second coming, from the top. If Steve Austin was coming back against Brock Lesnar, you have to put it on last. Really? Yes. Steve Austin's first match since WrestleMania 19 that we were just talking about. You're not okay. going to put that on. La- it's not Sting. Sting. I mean, Sting is nowhere near what no, Steve I know Austin that. means. If no, you put a Roman, of- I mean, what you would be doing here, and this is the same company that did put Hulk Hogan and The Rock not on last. So I guess you could put Brock and Steve Austin not on last. But I see. I I think they learned their lesson the year that they didn't put Triple H, or uh, no, excuse me, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker when they didn't put that match on last, and then they did the year after, I think they I would put to, Steve Austin on last. I tend to think you put it on third from the top, you could put a cooldown match, and then you put the world title match last, and if it's Reigns, it's Reigns, and then you end with that shot in the biggest WrestleMania of all time, as opposed to Steve Austin, who is kind of, you know, for marketing purposes, that does nothing. that Because they always want that last shot with the confetti falling. Because Steve Austin would win that match. He would beat Brock yes. Lesnar. yes. Um, we, or so we think. <laughs> I mean, it always seems funny now that we do these 100% certainties when the fact is Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker and we, we thought that was 100% certainty that Undertaker would win. Brock Lesnar beat him. Steve yeah. Austin was more than fine losing what he thought would have been his last match against The Rock. So Steve Austin coming back in Dallas, Texas, if he was paid all the money in the world, I don't see how this guy would, you know, force a victory coming his way. Like, I could see Steve Austin doing the job for Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is the guy that's going to stick around. And Steve Austin is Mr. Smart Guy. He's learned from those. He learned from those who have told him that if you're leaving the territory, you do the job. Yeah, and also the other thing is just because we don't know how good of a match the two can have in terms of how many bumps Austin can take and whatnot, I, I just can't see them putting this on last if it fails to deliver up to standards. Yeah. I, I just so you watch so you watch the Heyman podcast. I watch the I Heyman podcast it, and then the promo. But to I me, have a bit of a okay. Go ahead. I mean, you first. The only thing of note was the fact that it seems to be they're doing Brock Lesnar and uh, yeah, Steve Austin. At least that's an idea that's somewhat you know capable of actually happening. The rest of the podcast was just you know them talking back and forth. I don't think there was much of note that if, if you watch it, you're going to enjoy it. But if you didn't watch it, it's not like you have to go back and see it. No, that, no, and this is not anything of note. That the one thing I'm taking away from it because it it comes up on other Austin podcasts and other podcasts Heyman do. 
they have the luxury of being ex pro wrestler guys in terms mm-hmm. of wrestling that can, and it's much easier to adapt wrestling to sports entertainment. But every time they say something like, like the secret to drawing money is two characters with points of views at each other. They don't, maybe I don't think they purposely miss it, but I think they miss what Vince McMahon thinks draws money. And to Vince McMahon, the storyline is always rugged individualist type overcoming insurmountable odds. That's That was true with Hogan and the big monster type heels. That was true of Austin and the authority. That was tr- that's been true of every single major baby face that they put in stories. That's why the authority continues to be the strongest heel group in, in the company is because, ooh, this one guy has to take on this giant corporation. Can he overcome the odds? It, it's not the same as it used to be. Yes, those pro wrestling motifs work in terms of having a strong character and a point of view and being able to talk and stuff like that. But that's not what the WWE thinks is a good story necessarily. And that's why it's so hard, I think, for a lot of people who didn't have the benefit of doing a quote-unquote pro wrestling background in territories or in indies or whatnot to kind of find their footing. Because it's much easier to adapt an attitude to a story than to find an attitude once you're in the story, I think. That's me. Sure. Are you still doing like error messages or stuff? Because no, it's like I was just okay. listening to you. Well, you All get right. your uh, point out there. I thought you may disagree or agree or just ah. All right. I don't, <laughs> I don't have much to say about the subject now. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Fair later. Enough. Maybe if, later. If, if you're okay, hold on. If I, you're listening you on Twitter and you hold on, if you're listening and you want to give me feedback or discuss this on Twitter at crap game 13. I appreciate any and all uh, communications next week on the show. We are going to preview WWE money in the bank. We are going to talk about NXT TV. We're going to find out what the hell happened with this Kevin Owens NXT championship open challenge here on SmackDown. And we will talk match number 75. We are a quarter of the way through match number 75. Next week is the original money in the bank. Ladder money match. in the bank. We are going oh, to look talk at that. We're going to talk about WrestleMania's 21's original Money in the Bank, Chris Jericho's idea that didn't quite go his way. We're going to talk about that next week on Shake Them Ropes. And for all you out there, I appreciate you uh, listening. I thank you. Interact with us at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. And for you, Ben Miller, NXT is not its own company. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.